this week on Two-Faced Wrestling Talk. AEW goes all out. Suzuki gets a shot at Okada, and the King of the Ring quarterfinals are set. Plenty to discuss on this episode of Two-Faced Wrestling Talk. We will look back at the Honor for All show from Sunday night where Jeff Cobb made his claim for the ROH title. We check out the week in WWE, including another questionable decision for their tag team division. Speaking of tag teams, two of the best in the world square off this weekend outside of Chicago. We will discuss that and everything we are looking forward to at All Out. We will also look ahead to New Japan's Royal Quest by looking back at a classic Okada-Suzuki match. And we discuss the match from NXT between Keith Lee and Dijakovic by looking back at a previous showdown in PWG. That is next. WrestlingInc.com brings you Two-Faced Wrestling Talk, the podcast that goes beyond WWE and goes in-depth on NJPW, AEW, ROH, PWG, and more. Also featuring fun pop culture and wrestling crossovers, listener Q&As, and extended discussions about wrestling topics past, present, and future. Now, here's your host, Kelsey. Hi, and welcome to Two-Faced Wrestling Talk. I'm joined, as usual, by my co-host, Paul. And you may notice, we're not in Chicago. We, we are lied. not? We lied. <laughs> no, we uh, made a last-minute uh, last audible not to go to All Out. We didn't have tickets yet. The cheapest tickets on StubHub were $150 a piece. And just the grand price of the, the trip and the fact, nothing against Schaumburg, Illinois, but it's not staying in Chicago for three nights. So, all told, we just decided we'd already been to Chicago twice this year. It really wasn't worth the money. We'll still watch the show on pay-per-view with you guys and have plenty to talk about next week, but just didn't seem worth it. So, yes, we broke our promise. We didn't go to Chicago. We also didn't go to Raw here in New Orleans. Like I, we said we Because I was tied up at LSU till late that day. Then we were thinking about going to SmackDown on Tuesday in Baton Rouge, but couldn't make that work either. So not a good week for us on uh, attending wrestling events in no. person. Well, you know, it would be different if we would have had tickets to All Out. Yeah. But because we didn't already, we were like, eh, let's get the money back for all those you know things we had booked. And we're still going to enjoy the show. Like Paul said, we're still going to have lots of thoughts and opinions to share with you. And I can't wait to hear all of your thoughts and opinions because... That's sometimes even more fascinating than sharing our own, is reading you guys's. So, we look forward to this weekend, even though we're not going to be there. And uh, I know our friends at Wrestling Travel uh, are excited about this weekend. They're um, there. Yep, they're there and uh, had some packages. And uh, you might want to check if you're there for any last-second packages, which would include a bus ride and a ticket. But if not for this event... Plenty more from Wrestling Travel in the months to come. Yes, check them out at WrestlingTravel.org. You can also find them on social media. They're already super active while they're in Chicago right now, preparing for All Out and hanging out at StarCast. They're at Wrestling Travel. But now it's time to give our opinions on the latest wrestling shows, news, and developments. It's time for headlines. And we're going to start with the event in uh, Hoffman Estates that we will not be attending, <laughs> but we will be watching intently. All out. Uh, right off the bat, obviously, they took a blow with uh, Moxley getting hurt, so you won't have Moxley on Omega. But Omega had a great promo he cut saying, like, it's your fault, Moxley. You were irresponsible. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's you're the worst. And it was a great promo. I'm not doing it justice. It was wonderful. Kenny Omega, 
expert at promos all the time. And look, the match against Pac is still going to be really, really good. It's actually <laughs> a great secondary match. It's yeah. like, man, if you had to do a second runner-up, like, that's perfect. So, you know, even though the the shock of Moxley being there is kind of like a little bit of a blow, Yeah, I think they've recovered a bit with this secondary matchup. And, of course, the match that we're most looking forward to is... Uh, the Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks in a ladder match. Two of the best tag teams in the world are going to go at it. Man, you know <laughs> I'm excited for that match. We've seen it a few times before, but now it's going to have a ladder. And sometimes that makes things a little more intense, a little more exciting. And I think this match will be special. There was a scare with Phoenix thinking that he could be hurt too, but he's okay, and as far as I know, he's good to go for Saturday. That's one of the two matches I'm really, really, really looking forward to. The other one is Joey Janela versus Jimmy Havoc versus Darby Allen. I think there's going to be insanity in that match. I can't wait. <laughs> uh, it should be a lot of fun, and you know these guys are some of my favorite guys ever, especially Havoc and Janela. So can't wait to see them all go at it. Hopefully, we've talked about this before, Havoc needs to shine a little mm -hmm. bit more than he has in past AEW shows. This is his time. The stage is the biggest as far as AEW shows go. I, I think it's even bigger than Double or Nothing in terms of eyes on the product because it's so much closer to the television show launch. So to me, Havoc, it's, it's now or never. Hopefully, they've got some good stuff for him, some good sequences laid out for that match. We mentioned the Lucha Brothers a couple weeks ago. We mentioned that uh, we gave Jackson a new toy from our friends at 4BF, which was a uh, Lucha-themed toy. and he's... He just so happened to, like, grab it while we were recording. Like, yeah. he took it away. Like, it was hidden, and he went and got it. So you must know, hey, I'm going to participate in the Lucha Libre <laughs> spirit yes. by going and getting my toy with That's... the Lucha Libre mask. I'll tell you what. That toy has held up really well. Much credit to 4BF for building a toy that uh, even he can't destroy, which is rare. <laughs> Very rare. Anyways, back to uh, the show. Uh, the World Championship. You mentioned Jimmy Havoc needs to kind of get over. Mm -hmm. We talked about it at, uh, at Fight for the Fallen. It didn't feel like Hangman Page is over. So will he win the championship and end up being over? Will uh, it's, I'm really interested to see how the crowd reacts in this match against Chris Jericho. I'm interested too because you know we like Hangman Page. Mm -hmm. We've seen what he can do. I'd be excited if he was the first champ. I just feel like they might lean towards Jericho with the launch of the TV channel, mm -hmm. with his history with WCW, and then he'd be kind of like opening up TV as the champ. He's a better known name than Hangman Page in terms of grabbing other fans who might not know about AEW yet or who might have to get convinced to tune into AEW on TNT, I feel like Jericho might be the bigger draw there. However, I wouldn't be personally disappointed to see Hangman. What do you think is going to happen? Uh, I think it probably will be Jericho to have that name guy mm -hmm. when they launch. And, you know, I would, I would think not after that, long after that, Jericho may drop the belt. But I would think Jericho probably does win because you want to have a name guy launching the show, you would think. On the other flip side of the coin, how much would that get Hangman Page over, though, yeah. if he won? That'd be a huge deal. He would have been the first champ, and he would have beat one of the biggest names in the business ever, Jericho. But again, I just don't see it going that way. I could be wrong, though, and I'd be happy to be wrong. Well, Jericho could really cement his legacy, not that he needs to do it, but... He was the first unified champion there in WWE. If he was the first AEW champ to go along with what he did in New Japan. Uh, pretty 
impressive stuff by him. Uh, we talked about kind of the matches we're most looking forward to. Any of the ones that we're not talking about here that you're kind of really looking forward to? Um, I'm just looking forward to seeing the crowd react. I actually am looking forward to Cody versus Sean Spears. Of course, we know him formerly as Ty Dillinger. I kind of think that the story they've laid out is really interesting and really well done because if you had told me, yeah, you're going to be excited about randomly seeing Ty Dillinger face Cody Rhodes. I wouldn't have believed you right. a year ago. But the story that they've laid out has been really impressive and well done with the chair shot and everything and the being the elite stuff and the road to all out stuff. Really good. Just, I'm excited for that match. Yeah, I am too. Uh, looks like it'll be a great show and we're looking forward to that. Of course, the other news coming out of that area is all of the speculation about CM Punk. Uh, and there was a little bit of him you watched a video earlier today a promo for his Starcast event uh, and he's in a wrestling ring it was kind of pretty neat to see i'd say and i don't know just him like running the ropes or joking saying like oh should i run the ropes and then he's like (laughs) ow it was really neat and very funny Uh, i think it was an awesome promo uh, slash commercial whatever you want to call it and uh, i'm looking forward to seeing what punk's going to say and do at Starcast, but you know there's speculation, could he show up during the show at All Out? I don't know. I was thinking yes a couple of months ago, but now I'm thinking no. Really, I think he is. I think he'll be in the show in, in some form, uh, I think. I think some sort of mic segment or maybe, you know, he could accompany somebody to the ring or who knows. But I, I'd be, I think I'd be surprised if he's not in the show. God would be insane if he was in the show we'll see it would be pretty crazy so looking forward to aew uh meanwhile cm punk's former employer wwe this week uh wrapped up first round matches in king of the ring uh i thought the ricochet drew mcintyre match was really good corbin miz was eh, and uh gable versus benjamin was eh but the match maybe of the entire first round so far uh Ali versus Buddy Murphy. I mean, Buddy Murphy has been on fire the last three weeks, but his match was so good. And, and you know, the, the Ali uh, springboard tilt the world DDT late in the match that Corey Graves called, that's one of the most outrageous maneuvers I have ever seen. And I'm with him. It was a really, really good match. I think one of the best matches of the first round. And so now that sets up the uh, quarterfinals, Samoa Joe versus Ricochet. Corbin versus Cedric Alexander, Ali versus Elias, Andrade versus Gable. I'm actually looking forward to Gable versus Andrade because, you know, different styles in a way, but Gable's a really great wrestler, as is Andrade. It should be really interesting to see them meet up. Yeah, hopefully the the Gable-Benjamin, they didn't give that match a lot of time and the crowd really wasn't into it at all. However, the Ali-Murphy match... The crowd was really behind Buddy Murphy, which is kind of weird for, for a guy coming from, I mean, both those guys are from 205 Live, but really the crowd was into Buddy Murphy. Do you think it's a mistake to have Ali go forward instead of Murphy? If, if uh, no, I don't think so. I think, I think, look, maybe. I don't know, Murphy was on a hot streak, as you said, so to me it is a mistake. I think he Keep still could. Keep rolling with it. I think he still could be. I think Ali is going to get a run, maybe even into the finals, especially how how he had Elimination Chamber taken away from him. Yeah. Um, look, personally, if I'm looking at this, well, first of all, I think Samoa Joe and Ricochet is going to be phenomenal. Uh, 
if I could get a final of Ricochet versus Ali or Ricochet versus Andrade, I think you're looking at a spectacular final. Yeah, I could see Ricochet versus Andrade. But who would you like to see? Not Ali. Okay, so... (laughs) I'm sorry. He just does not excite me. So here's your raw side. Out of those four, who would you like to see come out of that? Samoa Joe, Ricochet, Corbin, or Alexander? Honestly, Joe. Okay, I'm fine with that. And then Ali, Elias, Andrade, or Gable? I know you're going to think it's weird. I I really love Gable. I know it's not going to happen. It's really far-fetched. But if I had my dream scenario, honestly, Gable. And I think that'd be an interesting matchup between Joe and Gable. So odd. Weird. But I think it could work, actually. So to me, uh, that'd be kind of a dream scenario. I I love Gable. I don't think he gets enough love recently. Uh, he did back in NXT, yeah, but not true. anymore. Uh, I thought a couple of the women's matches, Sasha and Natalia, was really good, as was uh, Bailey uh, going against who'd she go against? Because I wrote it down about how good a match it was. Was it really that good? If <laughs> you can't ever, remember, uh, Lacey. That's right, because I had joked with you what Earlier, happened to Lacey Evans, and then later in the Raw. show, she's yeah. there. That's so, funny. That was a good match. But say the a line that Elias said about the uh, swamp people or something. Oh, yeah, his his crack at baton rouge people he's like i'm trying to reason with a bunch of scumbag swamp people that's awesome (laughs) you love that i did laugh very hard at yes i know you're so anti-louisiana i am not i love louisiana love it whatever you outsider no get out of here i just just don't love the infrastructure and the last lack of things getting done in the job situation here (laughs) sucks so i'll agree with you on some things uh the only other thing i wanted to talk about on raw was oh I'm sorry I thought you were at the end it's of your sentence. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, I thought you were at your end. It's okay I'm done. <laughs> uh, the other thing from uh, WWE was they had a tag team turmoil, which could have been a good idea, but they have it won by Ziggler and Rude pairing together for the first time, and I just I I don't understand. So now the tag team championship match is going to be. Rude and Ziggler versus Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman. So basically, the tag team title match at the pay-per-view is going to be between two tag teams that have been together a grand total of two weeks. I just don't think this speaks well to their push of the tag team division. If you're going to have these teams that are just thrown together, one's a champion now and one's going to compete for the championship. All I know is that WWE's tag division has never been strong. They have some parts where they shine and they try. You can see that they're trying. Mm-hmm. Then they fail and falter again. So I don't know. Um, I'm not surprised, honestly. I really think that if you care about tag team wrestling, you should t- tune into AEW's future program. I agree. TNT. Because obviously, the two founders of that are tag team guys. So they're... They're going to definitely highlight tag team Emphasize wrestling. Emphasize it, yeah. Yeah, and we've already seen them give a spotlight to tag team wrestling in the shows that we've watched thus far. So to me, it's a no-brainer. But yeah, it's disappointing to see WWE go backwards on uh, tag team wrestling. But it's kind of in line with their history. I did think it was a good idea to have the Viking Raiders and the OC uh, double disqualification and not have one uh, lose to the other so that they can maybe set up something down the road with those two. Uh, Let's switch gears to Ring of Honor, and uh, they had an Honor for All show, which was on Sunday night. Not not the biggest show. It was in Nashville, Tennessee. Probably a crowd of three or four hundred. Not a huge crowd. It looked good on camera. It looked good on camera, and it was a raucous crowd for the most part. 
I thought it was a decent crowd in yeah. terms of they seemed to like the show. And, and as I said, it filled in mm-hmm. visually for us watching at home. It looked like it was full, even if it wasn't. I agree. Which I don't know what the <laughs> numbers actually were, but it looked good. Yeah, I mean, I heard somebody estimate 195. I, I don't know I, how I that could be I think it true. certainly was more than that because you could just do simple math there and total more than that. But uh, regardless, uh, it was a decent show, nothing spectacular. I thought the uh, Vinnie Marcellia, now Vincent Marcellia, <laughs> against Rouge was pretty good. Uh, again, Caprice was fantastic. On, on the microphone, nearly losing his mind when Vinny had an earfall, or Vincent, I should say. I mean, when is Caprice not good on commentary? He's amazing. He'll always be like, oh my god, oh my god, and he goes crazy. Like, which match was that where he was just going insane? It wasn't just the Vincent oh, match, the ro- it was later. The Rock and Roll Express versus the Briscoes. Oh yeah, he really thought that the Rock and Roll Express would win, and he had like a definite nostalgia factor for the Rock and Roll Express, and he was like, this is getting me emotional. Him and Ian were talking about how much they loved and respected the Rock and Roll Express, so it was, I think it was really well done the way they painted the importance of that matchup on commentary. I think they gave a lot of oomph behind it and a lot of meaning yeah caprice was really into it i mean when ricky morton hit the suicide dive he lost his mind and then when they hit the uh, D- rock and roll express hit the double drop kick he's screaming they hit the double drop kick they hit the double drop kick i can't i can't hit that octave that caprice hits yeah he hits I'll do a high permanent octave. damage to my voice but uh in the end it was uh the briscoes winning it and i like the show of respect because you know, you thought maybe the Briscoes might actually attack him. The way they kind of were standing in the ring looking at him for a second did seem like they could pounce, but luckily it was a really cool sign of respect. I, th- I thought it was cool to do that, because, yeah, you don't see the Briscoes show respect, really. Yeah. Uh, be- the tag team match between Bandito and Haskins and Skrull and King was a really good match, but I liked a couple things on commentary, and you did too. But uh, Ian and Caprice, yeah, when they, they quote, both... they quoted LL Cool J. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they were, they quoted Rockin' the Bells and Mama said knock you out. But you really liked when uh, Skrull put out the cigarette, Ian made a comment about that. It, yeah, he basically was kind of shouting out the Young Bucks. Saying, Without saying it. He yeah. was paying like homage to two men we know, Yeah. a.k.a. the Young Bucks. But earlier in the show, Caprice did say the Young Bucks were one of the greatest tag teams ever. When he was talking about the Rock and Roll Express, the Briscoes, he listed and named by, you know, saying the Young Bucks. He, he listed their name. Yeah, because it, it seemed like, and we talked about that, that it seemed like they were purposely not bringing them up. But they did, this show. Yeah, yeah, they totally did. Uh, finally, it was a defy or deny match. Taven, Lethal, King, and Cobb. Uh, you know, I like the one line again. Uh, they, actually, this was when Red Titus was on commentary. He said, Jeff Cobb tossed Taven like he's a pizza. <laughs> Honestly, I thought he was really good on commentary. Really good. Well, I think I think it's a good idea, too, for him to be losing the bodybuilder uh, I didn't like character. that gimmick at it, all. It wasn't getting over at all. No, and it was awkward. It just didn't work for him. He could do, like, anything else. And it was kind of setting up that he's got a beef with Kenny King, so that, that'll be good. Uh, Taven was DQ'd uh, for using the belt. Yep. It was a good match overall, but I do want to make sure we highlight something that happened earlier in the show when the Bouncers won, which made me think of, I think they can get back into the tag team title picture. Like, I know we were just talking about the main title, but the tag team title picture, uh, I think the Bouncers can get back up there and get another title shot because they just had a big win, which in Ring of Honor wins mean a lot. So, And they were great, and they were entertaining again, as always. 
Uh, in that final match, Jeff Cobb was the uh, one that got the win after he hit Tour of Islands against Ken- Tour of the Islands against Kenny King. I don't even know what you so, just said before the, so, the uh, correction. Yeah, so he will get a future title shot, uh, but it would seem like Roosh is going to be first in line for uh, Taven's title at some point. But we'll we'll see if Jeff Cobb gets that chance. Good to see him back in Ring of Honor. Now, when we come back, we will look ahead to New Japan's Royal Quest show this weekend, and we will also look ahead to Suzuki and Okada by going back and super kicking it old school. Plus, we discuss the NXT match between Keith Lee and Dijakovic with a look back at a previous meeting in our PWG Rewind. Two-Face Wrestling Talk is proud to be sponsored by Wrestling Travel. Check them out on Twitter at Wrestling Travel. Also go to their website, WrestlingTravel.org, to find out about all the exciting travel packages, including a travel package to All Out, which includes four nights hotel stay, StarCast Platinum Bracelet, and a lower bowl ticket across from the hard cam. They also have a very fun Wrestle Kingdom travel package, which includes round-trip airfare, five-night hotel near the Tokyo Dome, lower bowl tickets to both days of Wrestle Kingdom, and guided tours by Being the Elite's fat ass masa come on who wouldn't want to hang out with masa i think that's like the coolest thing they offer you get to have some time with him meet him interact with him he'll literally be hanging with you and you'd get to be a part of the first two-day wrestle kingdom which is going to be really special in my opinion they also have travel packages to wwe events including wrestlemania 36 which you can sign up for information at wrestlingtravel.org and they've got packages to the Royal Rumble as well, plus other events too. Check out their website. There are USA travel packages, but also UK travel packages. So whether you live in the UK or where we live in the United <laughs> States, you can find something for you. Also, don't forget they've got a friendly staff that can help you out. DM them on Twitter or contact them through their website. Thanks, Wrestling Travel. Our Two-Faced Wrestling Talk logo was inspired by Two-Face, the Batman animated series character and his coin. The logo was designed by the talented and creative artist Eric Hudson. Eric creates wrestling-themed pieces as well as other pop culture art. He is also currently working on a Roddy Piper comic book. You can follow him on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Dreaded Dinosaur. You can also support his work by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash dreaded dinosaur. Please check out his work. And now back to Two-Face Wrestling Talk. And now we're going to talk about, well, Royal Quest in general, but more importantly, my favorite wrestler, my number one wrestler, if you were listening to our previous few episodes where we talked about our top 50 favorite singles wrestlers, Suzuki made my number one. So we're going to talk about him and his big match against Okada. But uh, before we get there, let's talk about the other matches on this Royal Quest card. Yeah, as much talk as there is about AEW, it's crazy what a big day Saturday is in wrestling. Because you got the NXT UK show, which we're not even talking about. Yeah. Uh, you got AEW, and then you've got this Royal Quest show uh, that New Japan's putting on. And there's some really interesting matches. Uh, I think the uh, Ibushi and Juice Robinson versus Takahashi and Hikaleo, not for the match itself, but to see Ibushi and Juice Robinson together, I think could be interesting. I think the tag team match. I was just going to say that. Yeah, like Osprey and Robbie Eagles versus Ishimori and El Fantasmo, I think should be awesome. Interesting, Naito is going to pair with Sonata to go against Jay White and Chase Owens. Uh, So Sonata, so used to tagging with Evil, 
will tag with Naito. I think that could be a, a really interesting match. Uh, we'll get to see G.O.D. We don't know who they're going to be facing just yet. Uh, and then I'm really looking forward to this match. Uh, Tomohiro Ishii against Kenta for the Never Open Weight Championship. I bet you it's going to be a brutal, hard-hitting, hard-kicking match yeah. as well. I can't wait. Ishii had such a great performance in the G1. Mm-hmm. And Kenta had a pretty good performance, too, I guess you could yeah. say. Yeah. So I'd like to see them to them clash and see what that's going to be like at Royal Quest. Yep, you'll have uh, Ishii delivering those chops and slaps and bombs, and then Kenta with those brutal uh, kicks. I think it should be a really interesting match. Uh, both ma- guys don't really smile, so no, yeah. it, it'll be kind of cool to see them both just frown and have a straight face yeah, the whole time. That's for sure. And they have like a menacing look because they both have that, I think. The thing I'm looking forward to most is Okada versus Suzuki. Of oh, course. of course. Although, I mean, I, but we, we're seeing Zack Sabre Jr. versus Tanahashi, Tanahashi again. again. Which I, I think that's the key is it's again. You yeah, know? that's so, the thing. Yeah. Not, I mean, you could say that about, about Okada and Suzuki, Well, too. yeah, because they've met up at least three other times, if not more. But it, it feels like Tanahashi and Sabre, we've seen them squaring off. We saw them squaring off at uh, WrestleCon. Uh, it was in a tag team. Well, but, yeah, but then we saw them again at the G1 Supercard right. show. And that's the match we were distracted for because the Enzo and Cass thing right. happened the match before the Tanahashi Zack Sabre Jr. match. And we were all distracted. Right. So I don't remember a second of that match, to be honest. So, I don't even remember who won. That's how much I don't remember it. He was Zack Sabre, right? I don't know. I think so. Oh, yeah, because he was defending his, <laughs> right, his British. Was defending yes, because yeah. he was defending his title. He definitely won. Yeah. Uh, But like you said, the match we're most looking forward to, the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, Kazuchika Okada, Minoru Suzuki. Uh, Suzuki has wanted Okada since before the G1 started because he was left out of the G1. Uh, Now he's getting his chance. Yeah, I I wish there had been some shenanigans during the tournament, especially if Okada wasn't going to win anyway, and if he wasn't going to win his block, period then have Suzuki come and mess it up for him, and that set up this title match at Royal Quest. Instead of just Suzuki proclaiming, I want a shot at your championship. I mean, yes, that was set up a little bit during the finals when they had a tag match, but I'm I'm talking about Suzuki should have sabotaged Okada's whole G1. That would have been such a cool storyline to go with, and it would have kind of made Okada's loss even more meaningful i I think i know we kept thinking it was going to happen right we kept talking about like god suzuki's got to get involved here right because he kept saying like you better watch out everyone who's in the g1 and he kept talking about okada and then you wait all the way till the final when his whole g1 performance is done yeah to me just doesn't make as much sense if they would had if they would have gone the other direction yeah but they have a lot of great chemistry together okada and suzuki they've matched up Three specific times that I can remember that I've loved every mm-hmm. one of them. The first one uh, from when Suzuki came back to New Japan for wrestling, that's the one we're going to look at. It's from 2017. Suzuki was one of his really, really entertaining defense matches, in my opinion. I think it's one of my favorite Okada defenses in during that time where he had the belt for a long time. This match is really good, and it's long, too. Yeah, about 45 minutes. It was uh, really good. Uh, I there are so many good moments in the match. I'll let you kind of start off and I'll weigh in with what I really liked. Well, before we get into that particular match, I do want to kind of give a shout out to the other matches that 
you should check out if you like both Okada and Suzuki, and if you're looking forward to this Okada-Suzuki matchup at Royal Quest, go back and check out, I think one of my favorite meetups from them is their meeting in the rain for Suzuki's anniversary show, and it's literally outside, it starts raining, Suzuki's hair is white and his gear is white, and it's amazing, uh, it's just got a cool feel to it, and really you gotta just see it to understand the vibe but i think i'm gonna read a little quote suzuki talked about why he chose to face okada at his anniversary show because obviously it was his show right he got to pick who he's gonna face and that was kind of important to him because it was such a big festival and everything so this is what he had to say and you could find it in the archives of njpw1972.com but I found it and looked it back up. So this is what it says. When we were putting this card together, this match was part of the conversation from the very start. The reason I wanted Okada was that he was born at the same time my career started. And right now, he's at the very top of the wrestling world. And gosh, not much has changed because he's still at the top right. right now. Suzuki continues on and says, It's really a dream match to show to so many people, all gathered for free under the blue Yokohama sky. <laughs> he's the best opponent I could think of to show everyone just what incredible things can happen in life. That's what I kept in my mind as we negotiated the match. I think that says it so perfectly, and it really shows you the chemistry and the respect that both guys have for each other. Except except that they didn't have those blue skies that he referred to. Yeah. <laughs> it was more like gray. Yeah, gray and rainy. <laughs> but that made it even better. Like, there's so many cool shots. Like, Okada, the rainmaker, out in the rain doing the rainmaker pose. It was just it was. incredible. It was, it was a lot of fun to watch. Remember, it took a while to see that match, too. We kept waiting and waiting. <laughs> yeah. We're like, we must find a way to watch it. And then finally they put it on NJPW World. Thank goodness. We waited forever. But the... The other match that you could check out of Suzuki and Okada's comes during the G1. I think it was either last year or the year before. They went to a time limit draw. And it was a fabulous match. And really, Okada was doing well in the G1. So it showed you how much of a contender Suzuki was for Okada Mm -hmm. that Suzuki took him to the limit. Literally, the time limit. (laughs) So I think it says a lot about how much of a threat Suzuki is. So if you're hyped up about this match, go back and watch those other two, plus this one we're about to talk about right now. And getting to that one, again, it's from 2017. And it's free right now on New Japan's website uh, until September 2nd. So you don't even have to be an NJPW World subscriber. Just go to njpwworld.com, and then right at the, the front page, it says free match. You click on it, and you can watch it. Yep, so till September 2nd. And we watched it uh, earlier today, and it was fantastic. It was really, really good. Um, Don Callis and Kevin Kelly on commentary. I really miss them together. It was great to hear them together again. Of course, I watched this match live. I remember watching it Mm. live. But it was cool to go back and watch because there's some things I had forgotten. Like, I forgot that Tai Chi was even ringside at this point. And it's so funny. We're so used to seeing Suzuki hanging with Zack Sabre Jr., it seems so odd that it was Tai Chi at the ring. Right. It's so funny. Like, at the time you're watching things live, it seems normal. Then when you go back, just a year or two later, everything seems completely odd and different. Wow, Gato being with uh, Okada. (laughs) I know. That seemed odd, too. It wasn't even that long ago that that was how it was. That was was the norm, yeah. Exactly. And now it's just like, this feels weird now. (laughs) And, And what was funny is at one point Gato is getting involved and Suzuki kicks him and Don Callis is like, 
Eh, Gato probably deserved that. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. That's a little bit of foreshadowing, possibly. Yeah, right. <laughs> Not on purpose, but we'll we'll call it foreshadowing anyway. Um, I really thought there was some great submission work. Of course, definitely by Suzuki, since mm-hmm. he's really known for that. And, man, he worked over Okada's leg throughout the entire match. In fact, when I was watching it live back in the day, I really thought that Suzuki had the chance to win. Because how could someone work over someone's leg that, that long and not lose? Like, how could Okada not lose? Right. But he, he won. Well, and th- th- throughout this match, the story was Okada would get him, because Suzuki was doing that, it was great storytelling because Okada would hit a drop kick but couldn't follow up on it because right. Suzuki had done so much damage. And Callus even said that, you know, that's the story of the match right now. I mean, really, Callus has always been good at... Uh, really, I think, specifically calling Suzuki matches, because he always explains how Suzuki tries to go for the gotch way too soon. He should just keep the sleeper hold on the person he's facing, but he never does. He always, like, put, you know, takes them out of the sleeper to try to do the gotch. So Callus, throughout all of Suzuki's matches, always highlights that fact, and I think that really adds to Suzuki's matches that Callus calls. And the ironic thing is Okada... To, to, tried to put the gotch onto Suzuki, and Suzuki reversed it into a submission move that uh, he had that submission locked on for a long time, and they had really good storytelling where Gato was about to throw in the towel, and Okada's like, oh, I'm you know, about to tap, and it was that was good stuff. But that, that was, was all set up because Okada tried to hit a gotch pile driver, Ex- and Suzuki re- reversed out of it. There's a few more interesting points I want to touch on before we go to the next segment. I really like how there were some chop exchanges near the end. But for the most part, it was kind of an unusual Suzuki match in that there really wasn't many exchanges. There was like an uppercut exchange at the beginning. Then it was mostly submission work. And then later there was a really brutal chop exchange. So it lacked in the amount of chop exchanges, like different points of the match, but it didn't lack in the length of the one chop exchange that happened at the end because oh. that was brutal and long. You're t- I assume you're talking about where Suzuki is just slapping the hell out of Okada and, and Okada's like defenseless. Yeah. yeah, he can't even like put his hands up or anything. He's like, ugh. Yeah. That, that was awesome. Yeah, like a Cal- zombie. Callus is like, he's out on his feet. He's out on his feet. It was really well done. It was. And there was this one part where Suzuki was like, bam, 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 bam. It was, it was crazy. It was all over his body. It was like, bam, 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 bam. It was so cool. I love that part. Another interesting thing I want to point out is we always have referenced the Jericho Naito tripod spot. Oh, yeah. There was randomly a tripod used in this match that I totally forgot about, but it really wasn't as brutal as that Naito no, Jericho tripod spot. a glancing blow at best. Yes. And I wrote down that you said it was a glancing blow. <laughs> uh, of course, there was some chicanery, Suzuki pulling Red Shoes into the fray. And of course, Red Shoes gets run over and then Tai Chi gets involved. Then all of Suzuki Goon gets involved. Then all of Chaos comes running down. So that all of Chaos and Suzuki Goon were doing battle. And the funny thing was you pointed out Lance Archer. Again, this is only two years ago. How many less tattoos he had? His back tattoo wasn't as prominent and dark as it is now. So he just looked younger. It's it's weird how two years, so many things can change in that amount of time. But he looked completely different to me. But yeah, it was awesome to see the stables come down and kind of defend their guys in the ring and help out and interfere. And It was an entertaining match overall. There was a lot of story. Not only the white towel stuff, but really just the interference with the stables and 
coming down trying to to help the, their guys and and so much more like the selling of the lake too that's mm-hmm. always a big part of the story everything there was a lot of cool stuff in there and then the brutality of suzuki and how suzuki had been gone out of new japan for a while and so this was kind of like his first huge match back in terms of like a title shot and he made it count because this match was long and it was good the whole thing to me was good it was i really enjoyed it but in the end okada was able to hold on to his title hitting a couple of rainmakers and winning it in about 45 minutes we'll hope that this weekend's match between suzuki and and Okada is just as good. Every time they've met up, it's been good. So I have no doubt that it'll be flipping awesome. It will be. Uh, finally tonight, we're going to uh, wrap up with talking a little NXT. Uh, first off, uh, interesting that uh, Shayna Baszler gets confronted by somebody that really shocked the crowd, but somebody that the crowd is really into in uh, Rhea Ripley. Yeah, the crowd was super hot for this confrontation. And I actually am pretty excited about it, too, because Baszler's got to lose at some point. It's either got to be Candice LeRae, or I think it could be Rhea Ripley. She's over, she's a credible threat, and she just took the mic away from Baszler. And it's the first time, like, Baszler's looked really, really weak in a while. She takes the mic and says, I know what you're going to say, don't bother. You're going to say you've beaten everyone here, but you haven't beaten me, B, you know. The uncensored version. (laughs) So I thought that was really well done. Perfect way to build anticipation in like less than five minutes. Yeah. Very well done. Yeah. Uh, And then, of course, uh, we had Keith Lee versus uh, Dijakovic. Uh, Again, this was a really good match, but kind of short. Only 13, 14 minutes. We talked about their first NXT matchup back in March. And we said the exact same thing. In fact, we said it was 13 minutes. Right. Their first match, we really thought this match could be longer. However, you just said it was still just 13 minutes. But it was really good. Um, you know, look. The Spanish the fly Ke- you liked. Oh, my God. The Keith Lee Spanish fly, Avalanche uh, Spanish fly off the top rope was unbelievable. And then Dijakovic picking up Keith Lee, putting him on his shoulder, and then hitting Feast Your Eyes and getting the victory but I I still sense there's a bigger match coming between them. At a takeover, possibly. Yeah. Funny, we said that last time they had the short meetup, so maybe it won't happen. Because we thought so in March, and now we're just seeing another 13-minute match just now. Well, I think think we're going to get a good one because history dictates that these two have had classic matches, which brings us to our PWG Rewind. Back in my day, video stores told you to be kind, rewind. Well, we're taking their advice... We're kind, and we're rewinding by taking a look back at PWG through the years. It's time for PWG Rewind. So you may have heard us talk about this match in the past, but uh, it is such a great match that we thought we'd do a PWG Rewind again after their great match on NXT, which was good, but not nearly the match that we witnessed in PWG. The PWG match to me is like the pinnacle of their meetups. They've had many meetups, even in Evolve they met up. But Dave Star Dave Star. <laughs> Dave Meltzer actually gave it five stars. Not that his star ratings you should live and die by them or anything, but it's interesting to see where he rates things and he gave this match five stars. He was there live and in person and it was just nuts. So let's go into observing what happened. And it's from Battle of Los Angeles, September third, twenty seventeen. Just an important note before we get into what went on in the match. They teamed together, Dijak and Keith Lee, 
in PWG, and they were called the Monstars, like Space Jam. If you guys like Space Jam like me, that's like the villains in Space Jam. So they were called that because they're so huge and mm-hmm. athletic, the Monstars. And they had jerseys and everything made that said Monstars. Right. So that's important to note because that'll come into play later on this match. So, uh, one of the most impressive things, just to start off, Dijak tries to monkey flip Keith Lee, but he lands on his feet. Then uh, there's a Feast Your Eyes versus Bask in My Glory chant duel in the middle of the ring. It's awesome. Actually, a guy in the crowd gets kicked in the face and his glasses fly off. <laughs> that was kind of funny. I, I did like that. I mean, I'm sure that guy didn't, but at the same time, he probably loved being in the middle of it. Yeah, I mean, people in PWG know that they're yeah. right in the mix yeah, of Yeah, you're in the flight path. Yeah, sure. you got to watch out. <laughs> uh, Don, uh, D- Dijak chokeslams... Uh, Keith Lee onto the apron, which is interesting because in the NXT match, we just watched Keith Lee slammed Dijak, Dijakovic. Let's just call him Dijak. We'll just keep it at Dijak. For now. <laughs> onto the apron. So kind of a, a twist, and that that's one of two that happened in the PWG versus the NXT. Another important difference between the NXT and PWG match, this one was 21 minutes long mm-hmm. versus 13. Yeah. So this one had a lot more time to breathe. And I think there was a lot more finishers that they kicked out of, each of them. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that as we keep describing more of what happened. I love this. Dijek screams at Keith Lee, why don't you go down? Um, and here's uh, something that mirrors the NXT match as well. Yeah, so Dijek did a Fosbury flop on over the ropes, and uh, Keith Lee, in this case, caught him. Uh, in the NXT match, he took out Keith Lee, but he almost didn't hit the, ma- the, the move. He clipped the top rope as he was starting his ascent and uh, kind of caught it with his rear end. <laughs> And really could have kind of been dangerous, but he did go over and did hit the move here in NXT, but not as pretty as the one in PWG. I will say in this PWG match, Dijak had some hard landings and also some messy landings, like when Lee would kind of flip him. Dijak was trying to land on his feet, but he didn't. And that happened a few times in this match, but it didn't take away. No, no, I I agree. You could tell that he meant to land on his feet. It didn't happen, but it kind of, they emphasized on commentary the power of those two guys and how, oh, he was just too strong for him. Uh, The flip was too uh, powerful. He didn't land on his feet. So that kind of covered it, in my opinion. Then, I really like this, uh, Keith Lee is feeling the energy of the crowd, and he's, like, moving his hands, and he looks like a conductor, Mm -hmm. conducting with their energy. I I like that a lot. The basking in his glory, yeah. Exactly. You know how he always does that when they Mm -hmm. say his his chant so Keith Lee flips over the top rope flips okay onto Dijak Chuck Lee I mean Chuck Taylor says Chucky T says you're too big to do that Keith Lee (laughs) he like yells at him we love Chucky T when he's an analyst on there yeah so we have another one of Keith Lee's famous shoulder blocks that he seems to do to everybody and in this case Dijak goes flying across the ring that was done in the NXT match but I don't think Dijak flew as as far yeah this was more like the uh, Matt Riddle one that we've alluded to in the past yeah the PWG one was like the Matt Riddle one yeah uh, springboard corkscrew onto the floor by Dijak. Insane! These guys are so big just to see them do these types of moves like you said in the NXT match the avalanche one man Spanish fly. Like that was impressive as it was. Right. But like a cork, like a springboard corkscrew under the floor. Yep. Like that's even more impressive. No, these guys are so big and so good. Uh, you saw it in PWG. We saw it from Dijak, even in ring of honor, uh, uh, before he left for NXT. So he, 
he's a phenomenal wrestler, and I'm hoping both these guys, especially with them going to two hours, we're going to see a lot more of both of them on TV. Yeah, I hope so. I really, really hope so, because two guys you just can't ignore going forward. They need time to shine, and they deserve it mm-hmm. because they're so talented. So, Moonsault Press by Dijak, another feat of strength there. Then Keith Lee lifts up Dijak onto his shoulders and power slams him. Keith Lee goes up to the top, and he moonsaults, but Dijak kicks out at one. The crowd goes insane, and Keith Lee looks shocked. And that also mirrors the NXT match. Yeah, because he was trying to set up the moonsault, but never was able to hit it. He was kind of slow and groggy, climbing the ropes, and got knocked off, so he didn't get to hit the moonsault in NXT. Exactly. But back to PWG, double chop onto Dijak. You stay down! Dijak laughs and gestures for more from Keith Lee. Dijak does feast your eyes, but Keith Lee kicks out at one and tosses Dijak out of the ring with the force of his kick out. So basically, he kicks out and Dijak goes flying because of that kick out. Essentially, like, he's tossed away. It's so awesome. And this is what I'm talking about. The big difference was, like, you know, one feast your eyes puts away Keith Lee in NXT. Right. But in this match, Keith Lee kicks out at one after right. a feast your eyes. That's insane when you compare. And obviously, NXT is kind of booking their match in more of kind of like a realistic way right. and a protective way of their finishers and stuff. But the PWG match in and of itself works because it was supposed to be a fun, crazy, all-out match Which between two talented guys. So it's really not the same type of match as the NXT match, in my opinion. Uh, both are really great in different ways. So back to the PWG match... Uh, Keith Lee catches Dijek in the midair and does a spirit bomb. Dijek kicks out again. Uh, people in the crowd chanting, Fight forever. Fight forever. <laughs> uh, both these guys, you know. Then, I, I really like this part of the match. Dijek pulls out a Monstars jersey. As I said, that was the tag team right. name that they had. Uh, so he pulls out the jersey from under the ring to plead with Keith Lee. Then the crowd starts chanting, Put it on. Put it on. Keith Lee look, looks hesitant, but then he eventually starts to put it on. But Dijak kicks Keith Lee as he has the jersey halfway on to try to get, you know, a little leg up on Keith right. Lee. Then, finally, a feast your eyes again with the help of the rope. But Lee is not knocked down. Lee powers up and does a power slam for the win. And that's how it ends. It's super great. I have to give it the highest of recommendations to you guys. Please watch it. It's so good. It is really good. And uh, hopefully they're going to get a chance to shine on a takeover stage and put together a match like they had in PWG. But you owe it to yourself to go back and watch that match. Uh, 2017 Battle of Los Angeles. Check it out. Yeah, it's so good. But now it's time to close out the show and send them home with Kelsey's tweet, or in this case, tweets of the week. Well, there's one wrestling tweet of the week and none, one non-wrestling tweet. So okay. I'll start with the non-wrestling. I am wearing a thematic shirt. Pull the hair back. <laughs> uh, Rocco's Modern Life. You and I have been really into Rocco lately, and I just had to talk about Rocco. Rocco's Rocco's Modern Life. <laughs> yeah, I really love that show so much. It's even better. Why am I doing the female part and you're doing the male part? <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. We're role reversal. <laughs> but it's even better now as an adult than I remember it as a kid because there's so much adult humor in it. It's so great. So one of my tweets of the week is from Nick Rewind. It's a great account if you guys don't follow it. It's at Nick Rewind. Watch all your favorite Rocco Modern Life episodes for free on Pluto TV now. So that was just a few days ago. And check it out. You can watch all of Rocco's Modern Life. Why wouldn't you want to do that? Especially and yeah, with I'm the wearing new... my Rocco shirt. 
especially with the new movie out on Netflix. Which we haven't watched yet, but we're getting there. We're almost through season four, the final season, yep. and then we're going to watch the movie. I can't wait. Yep, I I agree. I'm really so excited. So that's the non-wrestling. How about the wrestling tweet? So the wrestling tweet, I read a tweet from her a few weeks ago, but it wasn't my tweet of the week. It was just when we were discussing about uh, wrestlers and fans and how they should interact at meet and greets and how wrestlers shouldn't have to deal with fans wanting to put their arms around them. So now, that wasn't my tweet of the week then, but but now she's got a tweet that is my official tweet of the week. It's from Kelly Klein, at Real Kelly Klein. You know how we don't talk about Fight Club? We are all fighting battles that we are not talking about. So, be kind. Just because someone isn't talking about it doesn't mean they aren't fighting every day. Because we don't talk about Fight Club. Keep fighting. And she put, like, a power fist. I like it a lot, and I like the reference to Fight Club because I like that movie. And it's just a really great tweet all around about being kind, and I like that tweet. (laughs) So, uh, moving ahead of this weekend, of course, we've got... All Out, we've got New Japan, Royal Quest, and of course we did mention NXT UK as well. Uh, next week we will obviously break down those two shows. We'll have a lot more to talk about. Uh, we also are going to start talking about our Patreon levels, which we're going to be releasing. We think we've come up with some good Patreon levels, uh, some good good value for your money, we think. One of the levels you can see some bonus shows like Kelsey Likes. I used to do that show on YouTube. Now it'll be for Patreons. And one of my upcoming Kelsey Likes will be Kelsey Likes Rocco's Modern Life. So get to hear me talk about Rocco for a whole episode. And we're going to have all kinds of great stuff. So be on the lookout. All kinds of good stuff. Some merch. So be on the lookout for that. And we hope you'll uh, reach out and support us. And remember, again, we are leaving Wrestling Inc. And our first show independently will be on uh, September 13th, Friday the 13th. It's my special day, Friday the 13th. I was born on a Friday the 13th. Spoiler, that's why we're launching separately on Friday the 13th. There you go. Special day. So be on the lookout for that. And, uh, you know, you're going to release some videos down the road on YouTube. Maybe taking a behind the scenes at all the magnets in your magnet collection, among other things. When our set, get a sneak peek at our set. Yes. <laughs> I think that's kind of neat. But uh, that's going to do it for this week. Uh to steal Ian Riccoboni's line, happy wrestling, because there is lots of good wrestling this weekend. <laughs> there is, and I can't wait to talk about it next week. But for this week, that's it for us. That's the finish. 